Let's turn again tonight to Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20. Uh, Thank you for the wonderful music, uh, all the different specials, and uh, the offertory, the ladies. They played those fiddles good, didn't they? Uh, And uh, all the music's always good, never disappoints. Acts chapter number 20. uh, While you're turning there, let me mention to you to pray for Brother Tom Fiddler. Uh, He is in the hospital. uh, He was having some difficulty this morning, and they think it's a medication, but they're going to keep him for observation, so please pray for him uh, if you remember to do that. Acts chapter number 20, uh, we're going to pick up this evening in verse number 20 this morning. Our text is verses 17 through 20. Uh, We're going to begin reading in verse 24, uh, 20 and go down to verse number 24. And Again, this evening, I want to be very practical, but I believe will be very helpful uh, for you and I, uh, we, we, we have to, uh, I mentioned it earlier in the announcements, is we've got to have uh, the anchor for our life as the Word of God. Uh, that's how we get to know our Savior more. That's how you know there's peace. Uh, we're reminded in Scripture. And so tonight there will be a few things that I think we, uh, we can be helped by. So let's look in Acts chapter number 20. We'll begin reading in verse number uh, 20. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse number 20. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I will look at this passage of Scripture tonight. Verse 24 will be our text verse this evening. But I want to speak to you on this subject. Moved or motivated? Moved or motivated? The Apostle Paul said, but none of these things move me. But what was his motivation? That these things did not move him, we know the Apostle Paul was a determined man. We know that he had decided he was going to finish his course. And so tonight as we look at the Apostle Paul, and we have seen all of these different things week after week that he's endured after he's gone through, I want you and I to ask ourselves the question tonight, are we, are we moved, are we motivated? And I'll explain a little bit what we mean by that, uh, but what, 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 what are we focused on in our Christian life? Moved or motivated? Father, I pray this evening that you'll help us as we look into the Word of God. Father, I pray that you'll take these truths. Allow the Holy Spirit to work as only He can. Bless the remaining time. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul is, as we know from this morning, has gathered all of these uh, elders, these pastors of the churches there in Ephesus. And he is reminding them of certain things. He's given a little bit of a testimony, if you will. In uh, verse 20, he's reminding them how he held nothing back, but uh, went house to house and talked publicly with them and testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greek. Uh, Whoever was breathing was a candidate for the Apostle Paul to witness to them. Uh, It didn't matter what their nationality was. It didn't matter what their background was. He was going to tell them about Jesus. And you know, that's still good for the church today. That's still good for the Christian today. He says in verse number 22, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. He begins to tell them 
not just reflecting as we talked about this morning on what they had seen of him, but now he begins to tell them of what he believes God has in store for him. And he says in verse number 22, I go bound in the Spirit under Jerusalem. Uh, and that's a good, good way for you to know that God is moving you when you're bound in the Spirit. When you have to fight the Spirit of God to do something, He's probably not in that. When you have to grieve the Spirit of God to do something, He's probably not in that. But He says, I'm bound by the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. So I don't know what's going to happen to me. Going to Jerusalem, you, you know, who is it that's been giving Paul the most trouble? It's been the Jews. There were Jews in Jerusalem. Uh, this, these are the ones who crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, this is where I am going. I, I don't know what's going to happen to me there. Say, verse 23, he says, well, I know this is going to happen. That the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what I cannot see, the Holy Spirit of God has been with me the whole way, and the Holy Spirit does that which I cannot do. And friend, you and I need to be reminded as the Emmanuel Baptist Church in this day we live in, this hour that we live in, this world we live in, we say, oh, well, Pastor, it's a, it's a wicked world. It's always been a wicked world, I know. Uh, but it is more wicked today, and America is heading in the wrong direction. We can throw all of these excuses and if we say, we don't know what's going to happen except for the fact the Holy Spirit of God is still the Holy Spirit of God, and He can witness in any region at any time period, and we can just count on that. Uh, you may say, Pastor, what's going to happen when we move? I don't know, but we're going to park on asphalt. I know that. Uh, we're not going to be sprinting across the field to get to the restroom. I know that. But I know this too, the Holy Spirit of God that works in these services uh, will meet us over on Normandy Boulevard and the Holy Spirit of God will work in those services and He will do what we cannot do. He says, I know this is going to happen. To so say that the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Now get the picture, if you will, He's called these pastors together and He's said, guys, you've known this about me. You know that I've held nothing back. And I have taught from house to house publicly the Lord Jesus Christ. I have testified both to the Jew, to the Greek. Uh, if they've been breathing, I've tried to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, now I know where, where the Holy Spirit has taken me. I'm going to Jerusalem. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but if you read the context, I believe that he didn't think a lot of good things were going to happen. I believe he believed the Holy Spirit was going to work, but I believe he was concerned about the persecution, about the opposition. Then he makes a statement. He said, but none of these things move me. Hold on a second, Christian. What Paul was saying was comfort did not move him. Comfort was not his number one concern. Safety did not move him. That wasn't his number one concern. He mentioned all of these things, and if you think about what he had experienced, he said, all of these things are not what move me, but as we have already seen in the life of the Apostle Paul, he was not a man that was tossed to and fro. He was a determined man. He was a focused man. He was not going to let anything stop him. But, but wait a minute, there were some things that did not move him. These things that moved the average Christian would not have moved the Apostle Paul. Sometimes in 
many times in the life of a Christian, we're moved by things that should not move us. Well, well, I, I was offended by what somebody did. Why in the world does that move you? Well, Pastor, it's just not convenient to why in the world does that move you? Let's be honest. None of us like difficulty. I don't believe Paul liked the beatings. I don't believe Paul liked the imprisonments. I don't believe Paul liked the stoning. I don't believe Paul liked all of those persecutions, but they were not what drove him. They were not what he used to determine whether or not he was going to wake up with joy or whether or not he was going to wake up and serve God. It was not these things that moved him. Christian, what moves you? may not be the negative, but maybe the positive. Well, as, well, as long as, people, as, long, as, long as, as long as it's convenient for me to serve, that, that will move me. The thrill of ministry, the thrill, as long as I have that, that will move me. What happens when it's not there? We know that in Acts chapter number 17, verse 16, I preached on it not too, too long ago, uh, Paul's spirit was stirred inside of him when he saw that city move with idolatry. That's not to say Paul had no emotions. That's not to say that there's an example that we preach from how he saw the condition of the city and he was stirred to action. He was moved with action. We know the Lord Jesus was moved with compassion. It's not the same that these things do not stir us. It's not the same that things do not move us. But they should be an internal movement. But we see the things of God. But there were times when he was not, I'm sure, stirred. But yet he testifies that he held nothing back. See, at some point, Christian, we have got to go from whatever moves us and whatever pushes us to getting some things set in our life that is our motivation, that causes me to do what I'm supposed to do as a child of God, whether it's fun, whether it's pleasant, whether it's popular, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do. This is going from a superficial Christianity to an Apostle Paul Christianity, if you will. The Apostle Paul did not have people patting him on the back along the way. What he received on his back was lashes, not pats from people, but yet we find him here testifying, I know where God's taking me next, and I don't know what I'm going to face, and I've, I've taught publicly from house to house, and, and, I, and I'm gonna, there's, been, there's been imprisonments, there's been all these things, but none of these things move me. Definition of move, it can be defined as to... Cause to be put into action, to affect, to move the passions, to cause the act as to move the will. Part of preaching is to move you. Part of what I try and do as the Lord gives me a message is to get up and move you and cause you to action and say, hey, there's something that you and I are supposed to do. But friend, Monday, I'm not going to work with you tomorrow morning. I'm not going to work with you Tuesday morning. You're not going to have the pastor on the lunch break slap his, his Bible on, on the lecture in, 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 in the break room and say, open your Bible to Acts chapter number 20. Oh, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? The Acts chapter number 20. You're going to have to find something to motivate you when somebody's not there to move you. We get moved with compassion. We're moved to action. Motivation, very simply, is having a reason for doing something. 
Not to get ahead of myself this evening, but isn't Jesus reason enough to do something? Now, let's be honest. We have our good days. We have our bad days. We have our high moments. We have our low moments. Paul, I, I, I believe, was like us. When him and the other apostles, they were getting beaten, they weren't rejoicing. But they could still find joy. There was discomfort, but they could still find the peace that was just sung about. Moved or motivated? I want to ask you some questions tonight that we can find from the Apostle Paul. And then I think we'll sum it up in, 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 uh, pretty well tonight, and then uh, we'll, we'll go home. First of all, look with me in verse number 24. And let me ask you this question. Are your priorities right? How to know if you're moved or motivated? Are your priorities right? But none of these things move me. He said, none of these things move me. Do you have to have things to move you? Now, God allows things to be placed in our life to encourage us, to help us along the way. I'm not saying these things are, are bad. I'm not saying these things are unnecessary. He gives us a local church to encourage us. He gives us brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage us along the way and to, and to motivate us. He gives one reason you have a pastor is to kind of move you along, so to speak, in some things. But tonight, I, I want to look past that. I want to look, well, what, what are you going to do when it's just you and we're not all assembled together and you don't have your pastor right there with you, and you don't have those others with you, are your priorities right? Are you going to be motivated to still do what's right? Motivated to get up and read your Bible every day? Motivated to pass out that gospel tract? What, are you moved or motivated? Let me ask you the question, are your priorities right? He said, none of these things move me. Christian, what moves you? Well, pastor, if this happened, this happened. I just think I'm going to move my membership. Well, you know what? When things don't go well there, you'll move it again. And then you'll move it again. Well, I, I, just, I, just, I, just, I just don't like... And you hear this from time to time. You get Christians and you can tell where they're going. And it's, and it's things that aren't a big, shouldn't be a big deal become a big deal. So what are you talking about, Pastor? When, when the temporal thing is ahead of the eternal thing, uh, the priorities are not right. When we start, we, we, we become those loophole Christians. We study the scripture trying to find a loophole to, to satisfy the flesh as opposed to getting in the word of God and learn how to please our God to a greater degree to live a holier life. Friend, the longer you're saved, the more holy you should be. The more consecrated you should be to God. The more like Christ you should be. Friend, do not conform to your pastor. You will be disappointed. Conform to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not conform yourself to another Christian. I don't care how much they mean to you. We should follow the examples that, that, that God has placed in front of us, but your goal is not your pastor. Your goal is not your Sunday school teacher. Your goal is the Lord Jesus Christ, and all of your priorities should be set so that you can serve Him, so that you become more like Him. The question to ask, whether you're moved or motivated, is, is how are your pri what are your priorities? Well, as long as the pastor, as long as his message is, is, is helpful, and, and as long as it is motivating, and as long as it challenges me, then I'll continue on. Well, hypothetically speaking, what happens when it's not? What happens when it's 
Not exactly what you're looking for. What happens when you're discouraged? What happens when, you, when your priorities better be right? Paul said, none of these things move me. Why didn't those things? I'm sorry, the average Christian, I could put myself in this. If, you, if I'm facing more beatings, i got to think about whether or not that moved me or not. If, if I'm facing more obstacles, come on, anybody out there tonight? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think, Lord, I'm going to pray one more time. Is this really your will? Okay, God, I'm going to pray one more time. Is this really your will? Okay, God, I mean it. This is the last time I'm going to ask you, but I want to know. No, well, because there are things that move us. But friend, are we moved by the external? Things should not move us. Whether or not I'm pleasing my Savior ought to move me. You don't need your pastor to give you a list of things that you should and should not do. You ought to get in the Bible and say, God, what is it that you want, to, want me to do for you? How is it that you want me to live? And you say, well, I don't want to live to please my pastor. Well, don't live to please your coworker either. Don't live to please your neighbor down the street either. Don't live to, 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 to please some Hollywood celebrity. I hate to break it to you. You'll never meet in your lifetime. And if you did, you'd be surely disappointed. Don't, don't, don't live to please them either. Live to please the Lord Jesus Christ. How are your priorities? God, let me help you tonight very quickly. God should be the top priority. Things that please Him should be our top priority. You see, the persecutions and the pleasures of life, Paul had advanced beyond in his Christianity. His priorities were right. Second question I want to ask you tonight is this Are you living for yourself? Paul says, None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. That statement is hard for the average Christian to comprehend and live. It's certainly true in our society, it's true in our world, but sadly, it's true in our local churches. The average Christian thinks it's all about them. Church should be about me. The Christian life should be about me. God, you ought to order things to make them just as I would have it. And God, if any adversity comes my way, I just don't know if I'm going to hang in there. And Lord, I just don't know if I want to make that sacrifice in my Christian life to please you. And friends, sometimes you come to things in, in your life and you wonder, is, is this really worth me doing and how is it going to affect the cause of Christ? And we say, well, I just don't want to give up things that I should not give up. I don't want to make sacrifices that I don't have to make. Friend, are you living for yourself or are you living for God? He said, neither count I my life dear unto myself. The average person I meet, man, they're, they're their favorite person. Their life is most dear unto them. What he's speaking of is my will is not mine. My will is not my own. My will is with the Lord's will. The book of Galatians reminds us that we're to die daily. What does that mean? That is not my, my feelings every day. I have to set them aside. My, 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 my emotions every day, I've got to put them aside. What does God want me to do? How does God want me to live? Are you living for yourself? 
And I can say this here because this is a certainly an above average church in so many areas, especially in the area of giving. But if you, 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 you've been in church for a while, you've been saved for a while, and you're still not tithing, you're still not giving, you might want to re- reshuffle your priorities and realize you're living for yourself, you're living for God. Can I tell you how much you're going to leave behind? Everything. But you know what so many Christians and so many of you that are in this building right now, you're going to leave some things behind, but you've got some things waiting on you. You've got some rewards in heaven waiting on you. You've got some things that are eternal, that, that, that uh, rust and, and, and moths and those things do not corrupt. It is, it is the eternal thing. Friend, are you living for yourself? Are you living for other people? He says, neither can I my life dear unto myself. We need, we need a revival in our churches of, of selflessness. Selflessness. Well, Pastor, I, if we do that, I'm going to have to give up something. I'm going to have to make some sacrifices. Friend, well, Pastor, when are we going to be able to stop making sacrifices? And when is God going to stop asking me to separate myself and, and, and do these things? When he calls you home, just go ahead and get in your head. He's never going to stop asking you to live a selfless life. He's never going to stop asking you to make sacrifices on his account. Just realize today that my life is not my own. My life does not belong to me. And friend, if you're saved, how many of you are saved tonight? You're bought with a price. You've been bought twice. Your creator owns you because he created you. And if you are saved tonight, you have been redeemed. You have been bought back by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He owns you. I don't have a will. I belong to him. I don't have an opinion. I belong to him. Sometimes I'm asked, Pastor, what is your opinion on? And if I know it's in the Bible, I don't have an opinion. It's God's opinion. What do you think? Well, let's see what God thinks. Is your, are you living for yourself? The third question I'll ask us tonight is this. Is your mission to finish? He says, neither I count, my, count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. Well, we've been in the book of 2 Timothy much on Wednesday nights and been through the book of Acts and you get a glimpse into the life of Paul. Paul was determined to finish. I'm not here to tell you that I believe every morning he he was moved to get things done for the Lord. Just like not every Sunday morning are you moved to come to church. You're not always moved to do what you're supposed to do. Sometimes we're moved to do it. But Paul didn't find his motivation from the temporal things. He he, he was determined to finish. You know what will keep you in the race? You know what will keep you living the Christian life is determining just to finish the Christian life? I, I wish I could stand up here this evening and tell you that I've always had the right motivation for just staying in it. Sometimes it's to please my Lord, and sometimes it's just to aggravate the people that don't like me, the fact that I won't quit, but I just determined I'm not going to quit. I'm going to finish. And he said, I want to finish my course with joy. Don't, don't be one of those old, bitter Christians. There's nothing worse than a bitter Christian. 
Nothing. You can say amen to that. It's true. There's not, and you know what's, well, I'll take that back. There's one thing worse than a bitter Christian, an old bitter Christian. That's the only thing worse than a bitter Christian. Boy, we've got so many part of our church that, that, that you've been here for years and decades and, and now you're getting that retirement age and, and you're happy about it and you ought to be happy about it. You ought to be thanking God for what he's done for you and what he's done through you and what you've been able to do for God. And, and you ought to continue to just strive to finish your course. If you're a young person in here tonight, finish your course. Well, the first time some of this adversity gets along, the first time life's not fair, then, then I just don't know if I'm going to stay with this. And that was not the Apostle Paul, because let me tell you something. Life is not, gonna fa- is not fair. Somewhere along the line, someone is going to offend you. If you're a member of this church longer than six months, it's probably going to be me. But friend, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about finishing your course. It pleases God for you to finish. It pleases Him for you not to quit. It honors Him when you continue on when you're not moved to do so. I wish, don't you wish we could all say, I always feel like serving God. I always feel like going to church. And if you say that tonight, there's going to be an altar call in a little little while and you can come confess the sin of lying in the house of God because none of us feel like doing what's right all the time. None of us are always moved to do it. But let me tell you what could be some motivation for you. I'm just going to finish. I'm just going to finish. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. Pastor, you're never going to run me off. You're never going to get rid of me. I'm discouraging myself as I'm preaching this message tonight. You're never going to, you're never going to get rid of me. We, no matter how far you move, and some of you are not getting a hint. I keep getting further and further away from your house, but no matter how far you move, I'm, we're moving with you. We're, we're going anywhere you want to go. I feel led to be called to, to go to the island of Hawaii. Anybody else want to go with me tonight? I, I, we're, we're not going to quit. We're going to finish our course. Finish. But notice he says, finish with joy. I'm 44 years of age. I know I don't look that old to you. Thank you. I'm a high mileage 44 because of what I have to deal with. But I can look back, and I've been at this for a little while now. Boy, I'm glad this evening that I've never quit. I have joy in serving God. I can only imagine what it would be like to be 95, Brother Sally, and Look back and have some joy on not quitting, not giving up. Well, I want to finish, but I want want to finish with joy. I want to finish knowing that I have completed the task that God has given me to do. Fourth and finally, let me ask you the final question tonight. Is your motivation a worthy one? What motivates you? We've been talking about what moves or motivates, and God does use things to move His people. Tonight, I'm not trying to paint the picture that the sight of, I tell you, every time I go on a missions trip, every time I talk with a missionary, the sight of that, it moves me. 
There are things that God places in front of us to move us. But friend, if we are only in this thing as long as God puts things to move us, we're going to find our times when when there's nothing there to move us. We've got to have our motivation. I'd rather have my motivation and have that drive me than just the things that move me. We find, I believe, after Paul is testifying and he's reminding these men and he's giving these men a glimpse. And later, we've already been in this in our Wednesday nights, he tells them some things to remember as pastors. And, and he says uh, these things that he's, gonna, he, he, he's unsure of, he don't know what he's going to face. He says, none of these things move me. But then towards the end, we find, I believe, what moves him. He says, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. That's what motivated him. See, I already referred to when he was waiting in Athens and he saw that city wholly given to idolatry, his spirit stirred within him. He was moved by what he saw, but that movement came from a motivation of preaching the gospel of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, your motivation better be the Lord Jesus Christ. Life will give you a reason to quit. Life will give you a reason to to give up. Logic will tell you that it's not worth investing your life and all that you have in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But friend, when your motivation is Jesus Christ, and your motivation is the grace of an almighty God, friend, what ought to motivate you is the fact that the grace of God is real. That you and I deserve to be in hell tonight, and by the grace of God, here we are at the Emmanuel Baptist Church rejoicing with one another about what God has done and is going to do, and we don't have to worry about going to a devil's hell. Why is that? By the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. If that won't get you out of bed on Sunday morning, friend, I can't help you. If that won't sustain you, I can't help you. There's going to be a time when nothing I preach can get through to you because of the burden that you're, you're bearing, because of the heart that is breaking, and you stumble in and you're there. But friend, the motivation better be the Lord Jesus Christ because men will fail you, men will forsake you, men will, will forget about you, but there's a God in heaven who knows your name, knows everything about you, and He should be your motivation. How is it that the Apostle Paul can be beaten and still continue on? How is it he could testify right here in this passage of Scripture, I know I'm going to Jerusalem, I don't know what's going to befall me there, but that doesn't move me at all. Why? Because he's focused on the gospel of the grace of God. Friend, that's what you and I have got to be focused on. Why is it that you're going to finish your course? Because Jesus saved your soul. Why is it that you're going to continue to invest in the work of God? Because Jesus saved your soul. How is it that you're going to finish your course? You're going to, you're, you're going to keep the faith because of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did for you. And there is a God in heaven who is a holy God. He is a righteous God. And that's what you and I are not in in spite of our sin, He still sent His Son to die on that cross and save us. Friend, I don't have to have things that move me when I think about that. I don't have to have the superficial to, to push me along when I think about what Jesus did for me. He died on that cross for my sins. He endured that affliction for my sin. And you've got to give me a motivational speech to get me out of bed. Friend, think about it. 
What has God done for you? That's your motivation. That's why mom and dad, you sacrifice to keep your kids in a church like this and under the influence that they are. That's why you set your dreams aside for for a little while. That's why you put aside and say, I'm going to do everything I can do and I'm going to do, I'm going to rear them to serve the Lord. I want them to use their life to serve God one day because it doesn't matter what jobs they work. It doesn't matter what careers they have. It doesn't matter what sports they play. All that matters is their motivation is the Lord Jesus Christ. If your motivation is the Lord Jesus Christ, that which is eternal. Paul said, none of these things move me. we got to be honest. There are things that move us. But are you moved or are you motivated? I think it's okay to be moved from time to time as long as you have the right motivation. He was determined to finish because Christ was his motivation. Why must the Emmanuel Baptist Church continue and not stop short of what God has for us? Why must we continue to sacrifice and prioritize? Because Jesus, Jesus died for all men. The only thing that will save this world is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you can open a hundred missions in every community. While they would do some good work, it won't change them. Uh, there was a number of shootings in different areas around us last night. And let me tell you, uh, putting more officers on the street isn't going to stop it. Having community events isn't going to stop it. What's going to stop it is churches like the Emmanuel Baptist Church continuing to press forward and say our motivation is for every man to know that if they die without the Lord Jesus Christ, they will go to a devil's hell. And what will change that kind of an action, what will change that kind of a community is a belief on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we got to find our motivation from that. And Jesus is coming again. And it's time that Christians be reminded of that. It's not going to matter your hobbies. And I'm for hobbies. I've got them. It's not going to matter all of the things that you put as a priority that this is what I get to do and not get to do. All that's going to matter is the Lord Jesus Christ is returning one day. And those that do not know Him, it'll be too late for them. It'll be too late. They will not have another opportunity. They will not be able to know if He calls us home tonight. Have you told everybody that you ought to tell? Have you had the right kind of testimony that people can see? Or is there something that you're going to be, wish? And we won't, we, won't know what, we won't be thinking about that. But you and I need to find our motivation as the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll summarize and, and finish with this. He says to testify the gospel of the grace of God. But let's not miss what's tucked in between. I might finish my course with joy and to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He says, I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. You and I need to be reminded tonight of what we have received from the Lord Jesus. Paul was not moved by the persecutions. 
Paul was not moved by the positive or the negative. His motivation was to testify the grace of God. How is it that a man could take those persecutions, a man can take those beatings, a man can take all those things and push them aside? His motivation was the Lord Jesus Christ, but he mentions his ministry that he received personally from the Lord Jesus Christ. This is just my summation of it. When he was facing the beating, I believe he still remembered meeting Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road. He never forgot who called him to the ministry. He never forgot who sent him on his missionary journey. He never forgot who he would appear in his presence one day, hopefully to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. See, during the beatings he remembered, it was the Lord Jesus Christ himself who commissioned him. He got his commission from Jesus Christ himself. And there's, I believe he was reminded in the difficult times, in the, in the persecutions, that Jesus has tasked me to do this. Jesus has sent me on this mission. And he realized if Jesus has asked me to do it, I'll go anywhere he's asked me. If Jesus has commissioned me to, through this difficulty, I'll do whatever he's asked me. This is my Savior. This is the one who died for me. It was from his hand I received my commission. And friend, you and I, we may not have met him on a Damascus road, but you and I have had an encounter with Jesus Christ. If you're saved, you realize that he was the only one who could save you, and you put your faith and trust in him. Do you realize that you have ministry to do for the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, well, hold on, pastor. I'm not called to preach. I'm not called to the mission field. Well, let me take you to Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8 as we are given that mandate to take the gospel to the whole world. Do you realize that's what our church is supposed to do? That's what we are called to do is to get the gospel. We're not supposed to provide entertainment for the community. We're supposed to tell the community, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's the commission that we have we can't go contemporary. Why is that? Because the Lord Jesus Christ Himself has commissioned us. We can't stop going soul winning. Why is that? Because the Lord Jesus Christ Himself has commissioned us. I have to live a clean life because the Lord Jesus Christ Himself has commissioned us to do a work for Him. You say, that's wonderful for the church, Pastor. I believe in that. But what does that have to do with me? You're part of the church. You're supposed to be active in doing what the church is doing. Do you realize, usher, that every time you do what it is that the ushers do, from taking the offering to opening the door to, to, to holding umbrellas in the rain, that is helping and aiding the church of God who is pressing forward to reach the, the world with the gospel. Everything you do inside the church, you got to realize that's why it's important for you to show up in your spot. Choir member, when you don't feel like it, show up anyway. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ has commissioned this church to do something for Him. And let me tell you what will discourage somebody is an empty seat. Now, I know some of them, they scurry down when I pray, and that's fine. Somebody's going to notice when the usher's not there. 
Somebody's going to notice when you're not in your place. We've got to realize that we've been commissioned by the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's your motivation? Is, are you moved? I'm thankful for missionary presentations. I'm thankful for things that move us. I'll be honest with you, I could drive down the streets of this city as I did yesterday in different parts that we will be going to. And I can be moved by the masses of people. I can be moved by doors that have never been knocked on. But that cannot be my motivation. My motivation has got to be the Savior who can change the life of the one behind the door. I'm going to be honest with you, and you may want to get rid of me as a pastor. I don't always feel like telling people about Jesus. I know you're shocked. But you know what? I'm not supposed to be motivated by what I feel like. I'm supposed to do it because God has said. See, this is when our character kicks in. See, if you're only in this Christian life when it's fun, you're not going to last very long. If you're only in this Christian life when it's convenient, you're not going to make it very far. As long as it's popular, you're not going to finish. It's your character. It's responsibility. I'm supposed to be there. Well, that just doesn't sound very spiritual, Pastor. Well, sometimes you just got to survive and not thrive. It's a lot more spiritual than not being there because you don't feel like it. Does that make sense to anybody? Well, I'll be there when the Lord speaks to me and I... I feel like I can be there in, in with the right spirit. You go to work that way? Um, sir, I'm not going to be in today. I just don't, I don't feel like I have the right spirit to be there. I'll let you know when I have the right spirit. How long are you going to last at that job? But you go because you're expected to go. Well, pastor, if I don't go, they won't pay me. Well, friend, do you realize how much more important it is for you to be in the house of God? to hear from heaven so that you can grow as a Christian and you can keep pressing on and becoming more like Him. Hey, let's not worry about the superficial things. Let's determine, let's get something inside of us that says, I'm going to be faithful until Jesus comes back. If He calls me home, I'm going to, be, I'm going to, I'm going to transfer from His service down here immediately to His service up there. I want to be faithful to the very end. The ministry that God got at my hand. I have no intention of quitting. I have no intention of pulling back. I have no intention of saying we've ever done enough. So, Pastor, why is that? Because when I was called to preach as a six-year-old boy, it was the Lord Jesus Christ himself who said, would you preach the gospel for me? How can you ever go back on that? How can you ever give that up? But you know, when you got saved, God commissioned you in His service. I don't know if you know it or not, but you joined a church of action, moving forward, of serving. And wasn't it the Holy Spirit of God that prompted you to take that Sunday school class? It's probably not the Holy Spirit telling you to quit it. 
Wasn't it the Holy Spirit of God that stirred your heart to say, man, this is the church for me. This is where I need to place my family. This is where I'm going to grow as a Christian. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit probably told you, man, that pastor is awesome. That's, that's who you need to be. And I'm filling in the blanks if you didn't. You know what he said? This is, this, is where, this is where I want to be. Well, it's probably not the Holy Spirit that's moving you down the road for less pressure. Well, let's, let's find our motivation in the Lord. Father, I...